Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Tuesday's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours as we talk sports with you. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, not a real long list. We're going to, uh, towards the bottom of the hour, uh, talk to our friend Frank Schwab. He covers the NFL and sports wagering at yahoosports.com. We'll do a good long piece on the NFL as we reach the, we're at the midway point, right? Oh, we week are. nine is next week. Uh, so the midway point of the NFL season, we'll get Frank Schwab in here. We'll do some NFL conversation with Frank. 11.05. Always look forward to this. We don't uh, speak to Chuck Hartlieb often, maybe once or twice a year, the former Hawkeye quarterback, and certainly spent a lot of time in the coaching ranks, high school-wise. Uh, and will give us, an, uh, I think, a pretty good insight into what he sees and the new quarterback for Iowa in Spencer Petras will pick his brain on that, on the offense, uh, on this Hawkeye team that, as we know, is 0-2 and welcomes Michigan State here uh, to Kinnick Stadium this coming Saturday. So Chuck Hartley at 11.05, and then our friend Zubin Mahente uh, from ESPN. Trent Zubin and I will go around the world of sports, uh, taking you up towards noon hour. Mr. Monday night had a nice win, a comfortable win. Yeah. There was very little sitting on the edge of your seat wondering how this one was going to turn out. What do you make of that game last night? I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, uh-huh. but it seemed like Tampa Bay was just maybe playing down to their competition a little bit. Felt that way, and the Giants getting a little healthier, mm-hmm. and you can see that. Wide receiver group's okay. Daniel yep. Jones... Are you still a Daniel yeah, Jones? Yeah, I am. Believer? And I, he missed a couple of throws, Trent. He did. I mean, he, he really, but he's a young quarterback. And Greasy was killing him a couple of times. He did, but praised him a couple of times as yeah. well. But look at the, the, the two point conversion. Get the ball out of your hand. That, it's a wide open throw. It's a wide open throw. That's, from, that's a throw a high school quarterback makes. Without a doubt. And you that's get it a out throw quick. Daniel Jones has made a million times in his career. Yeah. But it's only his second year in the league. And, Pass interference? Boy, got there. I yeah. thought yes. And well, yeah. Yeah. And I, I wanted could, that thing to be knocked away just I didn't want any goof, goofiness happening over time. Right. I'm still fine, but I just you never know. I think it was. Yeah. I think it was. They picked it up. Judge wasn't very happy, nor should he be. Mm-hmm. Nor did we expect him to be. No. Uh look, Jones missed a couple of uh, long throws. Um but there were some good things he did too. I think if you're a Giants fan and you've got a second year young quarterback, you feel okay. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to Canton. <laughs> right, right. But he looks as though... If you have the number two pick, not number one in Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. but the Giants very well could have the two pick. Yeah. And Justin Fields is everything that you hope. You go through the process. We feel he Trent, is... That's sure. a really good question. You pull the plug, don't you? I think there's a lot of teams in that spot. That means So you're saying that the Jets 
and the Giants, who both thought that they had their quarterbacks right. of the future, may be doing an about-face come the last Saturday in April. That's a valid point. And, and a step beyond that, who has more value in a trade market right now? Of the two QBs? Of the of those two, two New York QBs? I think it's Jones. More than Sam Darnold. See, I'm still... Because Darnold's been hurt a ton. He, good point, yes. And that's something a lot of times he just... Don't come back from it. It's something that continues. Yeah, neither of them have supporting casts. I, I as as we talked about yesterday, I'm higher on Daniel Jones than you are. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a little bit biased there. Uh, but yeah, both of those guys could be uh, getting their mail in a new city. This, we've seen it before, right? Yeah. Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, Josh Rosen. Yeah, he was pick. drafted tenth overall and looks like he was he's flamed. Where is he? He's in Tampa Bay. Oh, is he really? I think he's the third-string quarterback, or maybe he's on the practice squad at Tampa Bay of all places. I mean, I know he's there. I'm not sure where he is in the depth chart. but uh, Good good place to learn it, though, right? Well, yeah, you would think. Um, yeah, look, at the, the defense for Tampa Bay, which I thought was as good as there was in the league last night, Giants did some things. Boy, those unis just jumped oh, off the so screen, good. didn't they? They're so good. There's something about the 80s yes. uniforms in general. I'm with you. Era that I grew up, but it, uh-huh. it was the all-whites that block lettering on the helmets, mm-hmm. it is a perfect, perfect look. Kind of looks like a Milky Way bar. <laughs> no, Three Musketeers Three bar. Musketeers. Three Musketeers bar. I got my candy bars mixed up. Uh, I look good. And I uh, really like that one. Speaking of that, you get any trick-or-treaters this year? No, not a single. We haven't had one since we moved into our place. So what, four straight years, five straight we years? We moved in in 2015. Yeah. So 15, 16, 17, 18. 0 for 5. So five we're 0 for 5. Not a single kid. So you were uh, just eating was, the three musketeers yourself? No, do you know what? This was the, because my wife goes all out. Oh, yeah. All out. And 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19, she went all out and decorated the, the front porch and blah, blah, blah. Had all the scary stuff where, you know, if you walk by, it's going to trigger a, mm-hmm. a witch or whatever. Didn't do a thing. Never, wow. bu- never bought a bag of candy. Wow. I mean, we didn't have to turn the lights out because we knew there was nobody coming. <laughs> And I'm glad because it was Friday night and I was watching football. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. Yeah. Right? Anyway, so do you had kids? Uh yeah, yeah. Now I got about ten minutes of trick or treat, and then I had to drive oh, down Tuna for Southeast Polk, but was able to get ten minutes with the kids. Got them dressed up, and our neighbors came over a little bit beforehand. Uh, one of our neighbors is a cop. He had to work that night, so he uh, dropped off the candy for the kids. And nice. our our neighbor across the street, he's an older gentleman. Love the guy. When Just you say older, older than you. Okay, good. He's uh, he's pushing seventy. Uh-huh. His lawn is immaculate. Yeah. He loves his lawn, and he works on it all the time. One leaf falls, usually probably from my tree. <laughs> really? Yeah, he's out there picking it up. He's that kind of guy. But Halloween doesn't do. Turns off the lights, yeah. but brought something over for the kids oh, because good. he likes Ellen Jack a lot. And uh, yeah, but the neighborhood was not completely lit up like it normally is. There's this one house just a few blocks up the street. They go all out. They have, I mean, inflatables, you know, for Halloween and all kinds of stuff. You come into their house and they have this big cauldron where they actually have like mini soda cans. And it's the one time a year that Ella gets soda. So she always gets excited about going to that place. They didn't have it set up this year, though. Yeah. And there, there were a few of those that were on the route normally. I wondered that were if there up. were more than a few than normal, yeah. right? Uh, I, I certainly wouldn't be a bit surprised. So thank you for alerting me to the um, Big Ten and 60. Oh, yeah. Did you watch it in real time? Uh, At 4 o'clock yesterday? Yeah, four, well, no, I recorded it and watched it, I mean, like 5.30. Okay. Uh, but, I, but I got the game yesterday, and but I was more impressed than Michigan State than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was all Michigan peeing down their leg mm-hmm. uh, in the game because, again, I didn't see – any of it because I was, you know, locked in with Iowa State at that time. Mm-hmm. 
Rocky Lombardi missed a, missed some long throws. Yeah, but didn't look didn't look like he was out of place by any means. I mean, I don't think he's in jeopardy of no one's coming behind him that you would think. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you who impressed me was that freshman Ricky White, the receiver. He's really good. He, by the looks of things, what's his story? Do you know? I don't. Yeah, recruiting wise, you know, if this was a big time get for them or if he was just a... Did Tucker bring him with him from the Pac-12 right. from Colorado? I don't know. Don't know the story there, but was impressed by him. He certainly jumps out. The scheme and the game plan that they came up with. All right. Doc Brown's going to be bringing pressure. Yeah. So we're going to go up the field. We're not going to dink and dunk. Mm-hmm. We're going to take shots all game long. And they did. Against very green, very inexperienced, and frankly not very good cornerbacks right. in safety play for you Michigan. You would think that Iowa has an edge in that department if that's the similar game plan. If that's the game plan against Iowa, I think Iowa's going to be in good shape. Mm-hmm. That kind of game plan doesn't work against the way that Iowa plays. With the quarters coverage, you're not just going to be able to chuck a deep all day long. And come up with a, a lot of big plays and, and be able to move the fall the ball effectively throughout the game. Now, I think Mill Tucker and his staff know this. Jay Johnson, former UNI yeah, quarterback, is yeah. is their offensive coordinator, longtime Gopher yeah. OC, yep. and uh, he's over there calling plays. Now, I don't think that their game plan is. Oh, we're just going to do the exact same thing we did last <laughs> week. They're going to change it up a little bit and you know, would hope, yeah, that what you're doing against Michigan is not going to work against Iowa, just because. I mean, two teams have played defense about as different as you can. Mm-hmm. Iowa's generated more pressure this year. They brought more blitzes than... Although Michigan State got after Milton a little bit in that game. That was maybe more than anything. My takeaway is this Michigan State defense looks so much better than they did against Rutgers. They took a big, big step forward on well, that side. Well, the turnovers the against Rutgers, too. Yes. I mean, that played, yeah, that played a huge role uh, in the outcome. Yeah, a game that I thought was... And I look, I, I believe Iowa will win this football game. I believe that they will stop the bleeding at least for a week. And then the good news is, is they uh, get on a bus and head to Minnesota. And Minnesota can't stop anything. They're right. terrible defensively. But the Michigan State game, I think, is going to be more... Certainly more difficult than, I don't want to put words in your mouth, than you and I thought it was going to be when the schedule first came out, right? That initial point spread we talked about when they came out at Elite Sportsbook. The Purdue game, that line stunk Mm -hmm. as Iowa was favored by nine in that early release. And Michigan State was just, what, a three-point dog here, four-point dog, whatever. It felt really tight because I thought Michigan State was going to be awful this year. I I was looking at 0-9, 1-8, that type of bad. At least on a Saturday, they were certainly a tick better than that as they beat Michigan. Still have to see. Point spread at 7. Doesn't that thing kind of stink, though? Iowa coming off two straight losses. Michigan State, it seems too easy just to grab Sparty in the points. Mm -hmm. What do they know that we don't? Yeah, I don't know the answer. Because if I was making that point spread... Right now, uh-huh. after what you've seen, Iowa by little tighter, two and a half. Yeah, I was going to say three and a half, four. But yeah, I, right in that range uh-huh. though. A touchdown, it stinks. It seems too easy to grab that. Boy, I'm getting a full touchdown with Sparty here. This was the team that lost to Rutgers two weeks ago. Yeah, badly. Yeah, uh, embarrassing. Uh, Jeff Petrikas, who covers Wisconsin and is really tuned into the Big Ten, uh, he reported this morning a couple of things. It's, it's it's looking better. He didn't say that it's on, but the Wisconsin Purdue game. Where they were, where Wisconsin was this past weekend, there's, mm-hmm. there's no way this game, this game is going to happen. There's no way in hell, dot, dot, dot. Feeling a little bit better about this game. But the nugget that I took away from Patricus's reporting, and again, he's a long, he, this isn't a guy that's just this, you know, his first or second year on the beat, right? He's covered them for a long, long time. He has heard that the Big Ten sooner rather than later is going to readdress Limited fans in stadiums across the Big Ten footprint. Now, 
I don't know if that would be a state thing would then take the reins because mm-hmm. Packers can't have anybody in Wisconsin. Right, right. So does this mean you know Camp Randall's going to allow fans? But the Big Ten, and where I bring that up, obviously, it's not going to it's not going to be in place for the Michigan State game. But I was still going to have what two home games after that? I want to say. The Wisconsin game and the Nebraska game, for sure. I think that's it. Yeah. At, at Minnesota, Yeah, because at Penn this, this State. will be their second home game this week with Michigan State. Right, there you go. And you only get four and four. So, so maybe, fingers crossed, an opportunity to put fans in the stands at Kinnick for a couple of games. So I want to go back with you to the Monday after the Raging Cajuns <laughs> yeah. came in and picked off the clones. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the talking points, and I'm not sure anybody put a ton of credence into it, was that, boy, Iowa State really missed some fans in the stands. And I think that's fair. And I'm wondering if we can transfer that take over to what we saw at Kinnick Stadium in a one-point loss to Northwestern. Now, Kinnick won't be full. Mm-hmm. Jack Trice isn't full. But having some support to lift you up a little bit, I mean, those voices can be loud. And it's a sterile environment. That's just it. It just feels so odd mm-hmm. when you got... That's a, great, that's a great description, sterile environment. Dozens of people there that are watching the game. It's friends and family right. only. What, about 1,000? I think it was 1,200 and change that were in Kinnick. That's not what there was? I thought, I, thought I saw I thought, yeah. yeah, the attendance figure. I think that's what it was. You know, visiting fan, or parents, family members can come to the game, and that's it. Right. I think they get 400, I think is the number, okay. something like that. And uh, I don't want anybody to misconstrue as me. This is an excuse why Iowa oh, lost. Oh, no, no. But, just, just like losing to Louisiana, it's right. not an excuse for Iowa State. C- correct. But, I, but my take was there, yeah, okay, I can see where you're coming from a little bit. I think that... I think it'll help. I really do. Yeah. Get behind the team. Close game like this. No, that in turn also makes it more difficult to go on the road. That's a good point. And they still have to go to Penn State. And maybe that, uh-huh. you kind of look at the schedule, would that be a time where, all right, they start to trickle in and all of a sudden instead of 1,200, well, maybe 2,000 that can be at Penn State right now, there's 15,000 in there. There's 20,000, well, whatever the, it turns out to be. The Penn State game trend would be their, the halfway point of the season. Mm-hmm. So if they are going to do something, I mean, this weekend's out. Right. Um, but, you know, do, do, are, is, are they ready in week four? Is it a week five? Do you go half the season I without think fans? Half, because I don't know if they set it up exactly. You have two, two and two. Right. Uh-huh. And two and two on the back end. I don't know if that's exactly, but that would be at least the most fair way also to do it. And you get away from the, well, we, you got three games at home with fans in the stands. We don't need those kind of arguments regardless of that. You also, uh, speaking of Wisconsin, I know we got Frank Schwab coming up yep. here, who is a, a Wisconsin grad. He is. What are you hearing about the game with Purdue this weekend? Well, the Patrikas just, that, that was part of his, um, on the weekend, no shot. Now there's some optimism that the game is going to be played. <sighs> Trent. <laughs> There's 21 days. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't see how. Well, not this... everybody has COVID. True, true, but but I don't know where if, if they're past that threshold. If they're in that red zone, mm-hmm. um, because there was coaches and wasn't it in the 20s? Didn't 22, 12 22. players, 10 staff members. Now staff members could also be part of the training staff. Yep, that's true. Other parts, ball is not, boys, right, right. It could be grad assistants, uh-huh. not just. Your actual coaches on the field, so that number is a lot bigger than you know the eight guys that have their picture in the program. It goes right. a lot deeper than that. Play There's the optimism. Game. You know what? I'm going to find his tweet and I'm going to read it. And, to and you. play the game. Yeah. If if you have sixty, seventy players available, mm-hmm. you need to play the game. I still don't like the way that it played out. I know ultimately 
Wisconsin, yes, they had more cases. When they shut it down on the road, it just it was such a bad look to me to pull the plug before the Big Ten yeah. before you hit the well, metrics. Were they being proactive? You, you they were right. At least that's the argument. Mm-hmm. Still stinks to high heaven. Yeah, though. well, they did have a bunch more COVID positives come out. In the, but I don't know if that gets over the threshold. Right. Now. So here's Jeff Patrikas, this this tweet from him. And again, this is a guy that's covered the, uh, the Badgers for decades. Mm-hmm. AM Rewind. There wasn't much optimism over the weekend Wisconsin would face Purdue, period. But folks familiar with the Big Ten schedules say the outlook has changed. Wisconsin officials are expected to provide an update today. So... Today's Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. Now, there's some kind of emoji that my eyes won't let me focus in on. It's, it might be a thumbs up or it might be a beer. I can't tell. All right. Um, but folks familiar with the Big Ten schedule say the outlook has changed. That tells me that maybe – and then I clicked on it, and I guess somebody must have been reading the Journal Sentinel on this computer because we're out of articles. Oh, I Free got ones. you. It's a uh, wink emoji. Is that what it is? Yes, I'm what looking at mean? it right now. I have, you can make a, a lot of different determinations what that means. He's winking. Let's see here. Expressing their continued displeasure with how the Big Ten treats their football team and the program. Uh, I think he's just maybe giving it to the Nebraska fans a little bit. I think that's more more than anything what it was. Well, there. yeah, because they have uh, they've been uh, inundating his feed. Yes, they they're not happy. All right, Randy Peterson, the Des Moines Register today. I want to get your take on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went through the remainder of the schedule for the Big Twelve teams. Some of the pros, some of the cons. Um, he thinks it's going to be Texas and Iowa State. I'll jump right to the final paragraph of the piece. He thinks the tiebreaker over Oklahoma, and I agree with him, uh, with Iowa State's tiebreaker. Again, this is why I went. I keep going back to Saturday. Needed the Cowboys to knock off Texas. That could have been a, a death blow to the Longhorns' hopes. He thinks it's going to be Texas and Iowa State, and we would see that game what? So Friday after Thanksgiving, then one more game. Then the makeup week, so that game would come three weeks after Texas. If Petey's right, and there's a good chance he is, I can I can follow his path to his Big Twelve championship that, mm-hmm. that he's forecasting. Um, so Texas and Iowa State would play in Austin on um, Black Friday, and three weeks later get together at the home of the World Series because that's where the Big Twelve championship game is now going to be played with the. Um, inclusion of that extra week that was originally supposed to be the Big 12 championship. Who's in that game? Oklahoma State, Baylor? For now, yeah, that's yeah, the one yep. that's going to be the makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the Jerry Jones building, AT&T Stadium, is, is used um, for, for the 19th. So they're playing the game at the home of the World Series. So if there's a three-way tie at the top with Oklahoma... Texas and Iowa State. Only two teams can get in mm-hmm. out of those three. Oklahoma, Texas, and Iowa State. And obviously Texas would have the win against Iowa State right. in this scenario. And Iowa State has the win over Oklahoma. So all three of them went one and one against each other. Yeah. You know where the tiebreaker goes amongst that? I don't. Scoring differential among the tied teams. Oh, that's not good because Oklahoma scores a boatload of points. Well, differential. So Iowa State, they beat Oklahoma. What was the final in that game? Do you remember no, offhand? Let me uh, scroll back here and, and find it. Because Oklahoma won by seven in the game against Texas. A couple of weeks back, the overtime game. How did that finish? Scoring up? differential. So Iowa State won by seven Okay, against Oklahoma. Uh, the Red River shootout, it was eight for okay. Oklahoma. 
So it'll come down to not just Texas winning against Iowa State. How big they, but how, how much they, how much they win by. Yeah. So if they win by more than eight, mm-hmm. Iowa State's out in a three-game scenario with these three teams in Texas, of course, getting the head-to-head against Iowa State. So not only are you rooting, obviously, for your team to win the game. If it gets late there, a backdoor score Jeez. could be monstrous. Yeah. Just to get in and, and get into the championship game. The, these coaches will know too, right? Oh, yes. And if they don't, that's again coaching malpractice. Yeah, that is. That is. Oh, that's an interesting scenario. So that's the the head to head goes. So it's not scoring differential in conference play. It's against the it's against the teams that you're tied with. I'm looking right here. So three or more teams compared to mini round robin records of the three or more teams against the remaining teams in the conference. Oh, it goes top to bottom first. Sorry, I jumped ahead in this. So who would be the fourth? That'd be Oklahoma State. So yep. Iowa State, well, Texas has the head-to-head. Yep. Bedlam, obviously Oklahoma has to mm-hmm. win that one. They, yeah, that, that'd be trouble. Mm-hmm. That'd be big trouble for Iowa State, right. even before you get into scoring differential there. Oh, boy. there there's It's too early for this. I agree. It's I agree. too early for this. There's a lot of football to be played. Iowa State's schedule sets up well. Baylor, they're a lot better than. Kansas State, even with history aside, mm-hmm. they're a lot better than mm-hmm. them. It's the game on it's the game following Thanksgiving. They it's beat Black Friday. They beat Texas. They're in. Yes, no doubt. No in. doubt about it. Yeah, West Virginia. Hmm. They're fine. Right. Daggy's fine. Daggy's fine. Yes, he's, he's 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 okay. He's an adequate quarterback. Yeah, and the games the games at Jack Trice. It is. Yep. So that helps. They're favored now. In everyone but Texas. In everyone but Texas. Yeah. It's all in their hands. It is. Tiebreakers aside. I'm with matter. you, Sam Ellinger. He's a he's a difference maker. We're we're going to get to a point, Trent, and we've been saying it. Brock Purdy's going to have to win a football game for yep. his team. It's going to happen. It's going it's going to that that occurrence is going to happen. Whether he makes it happen or not, we'll see. I tweeted out the odds to win the Big Twelve Championship yesterday, and and received a little blowback from Cyclone fans, just baffled. Trent, these aren't your odds. Did no. you make them aware of that? <laughs> yeah, this comes from DraftKings <laughs> and uh, the sports book there. Oklahoma is even odds, though. Yeah, I know. They have two losses. I know. But it's just about getting, and that's it's the, the other eye part. test, Trent. Who do you think is playing the best football in the Big 12 right now? And Oklahoma gets there against anybody. I'm betting on Oklahoma yes, to win that game. and they'll be favored to, be, to, to beat anybody in that game. Iowa State, do you take them against Oklahoma State? Do you take them against Oklahoma? That's Remember, this is not to get there. This is to win mm-hmm. the Big 12 championship. And though right now... Oklahoma does have one more loss than this big slog of teams with one loss in the conference. Still, because of who they are and ultimately winning the thing, there's a lot of football to still to be played. There is, and and by then, hopefully, Iowa State will have developed their second wide receiver threat. Akers yeah. was that guy this past weekend. If the rumors are true, and we'll never know until the season comes as uh, comes and goes, and we haven't seen Tariq Milton back on the field, mm-hmm. but that's the rumor, anyways. Maybe Skates is the guy. Boy, I like maybe it. he is. I, I mean. He's, he's certainly he been hyped so to be the guy yeah. since he walked on campus, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do this. Uh, it's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword CASH to 200. 200 right now. It's your chance to win 1000 bucks. That's CASH. Buy in this nationwide contest. All right, Trent and I, we're going to talk a little NFL with Frank Schwab from YahooSports.com. Did you see the money line on the game last night? Do you, do, do, do I don't know what it went off at. I, I saw Bama. Yeah, Bama tweeted now. Yeah, and, and I, and I forgot to uh, to look that up last night. I would guess NFL game, double-digit point spread, 
plus 375, something in that range. Does that seem like a good guess to you? Well, yeah, it was um, obviously it would have gone uncashed, but yeah, in the threes for sure. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy, I thought the Giants had them. I really did. I yeah. thought they were going to win that football game. Looked really good in the first half. and Plus 550 at draft. Is that what it was? Night, wow, yeah. it was a big, big number. And also at Bill Hill. Um, sportsbooks cleaned up this past weekend. Yeah. Cleaned up. The four biggest favorites all got all didn't cover. That's a problem. That's a problem for the betters. Good for the properties. And in the end, they're the ones that normally win. 25 minutes after 10, we just gave you the keyword again once more. It's cash, cash, cash to 200, 200. Uh, Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com, joins us next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106. Or since he signed that contract. I mean, they're, they've been cutting a third of what they used to. You know what really helps a running back when they have a... All right, welcome back. As promised, to the NFL conversation with our friend Frank Schwab from YahooSports.com. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Of course, Frank is a Wisconsin grad. Let's start there before we get into the uh, into the NFL. Frank's power rankings, by the way, newly released this morning, are up at Yahoo Sports. For those of you interested, we'll get to those in a second. But Frank, Trenton, Ken, Big Ten season is underway. We saw Graham Mertz and company on the opening night of the season uh, again. A, a, a team that looked overmatched in Illinois, but I got to be honest, watching Mertz do his thing, um, you know, we, we thought that they had something. There was certainly a lot of hype around him last year. Man, oh man, did he look good in the one and only time we've seen him. You know, it, it was nice to see because, you know, as a Wisconsin alum, I can't tell you the last time if they've ever even had a great recruit at quarterback. Why? Like, I'll be realistic. Why would a quarterback ever come play in Wisconsin? <laughs> what the hand off 40 times a game? Like playing the cold weather? Like why would you do this? But Mertz was a, a big time recruit. I was like, oh, wow, this is exciting. And then you wonder, well, is he going to live up to the hype? And he didn't start over the Jack Cullum last year. And now he's playing in the opener. And he looked unbelievable. I mean, he, it's, you know, other than Russell Wilson's debut, it was like, you know, the most eye opening first game I've seen from a quarterback in all my years watching Wisconsin. And then we went on a roller coaster. Mm. Oh, he's tested positive and the game is canceled. And I mean, it's just, it's just, it just sums up 2020 that we wait all this time for football. We see this, Wisconsin fans at least, see this unbelievable debut. We haven't seen something like this before. It doesn't happen every day with the Badgers at quarterback. And then, you know, you just go right into the different story of COVID tests and all that. It's just it's perfectly 2020. There is no doubt. Frank, uh, let's stay in that state. Let's jump over to your main beat, and that is the NFL, and jump to the Green Bay Packers. It was a game where it was the Dalvin Cook game. I think Viking fans at least will remember it in that fashion for a long time. Nobody in the stands, I get it. But to lose that game at home in that fashion to a Vikings team that looks so bad this season, certainly had head scratching. Where are you at with the Packers? Yeah, and and it was tough. Uh, It was tough to figure out, uh, what do you make of this team now? Because, uh, look, it was just a good... You rarely see a game like Dalvin Cook had. I mean, it was, I, I believe, I may be getting the numbers a little bit wrong here, but they're on my power rankings, that he had 266 yards and the rest of the and four touchdowns, and the rest of the Vikings had 98 yards and no touchdowns. You just don't see one guy win a game like that. I mean, it's just almost impossible, but yet it happened. 
And, you know, the, the Packers' defense has just been a problem, particularly their run defense. It's, it's not that good. And, you know, even I, what shocked me is that every other game, it's basically the same, where if the Packers are playing a bad defense, they just wreck them. And they, they struggle against the Buccaneers, and you just wondered, okay, well, you know, if you're playing a good defense, maybe the Packers will come back to earth a little bit. But make no mistake, the Vikings were not a good defense. I, they were... I, basically pulling guys in off the street to play cornerback, and they still pretty much shut down Green Bay. I mean, 22 points is not what you'd expect out of them. So, I don't know. It's the NFL. It's, it's always going to be competitive. You're going to have bad games. You're going to have weird losses. There are plenty of those in Week 8. But yep. it's, it, there are some concerns with Green Bay going forward, no doubt. But you just wonder, who, who in the NFC North can really even – Take advantage of that. I, they could, it almost seems like they could just, no matter how poorly they play the rest of the way, and I'm not saying they will or not, but no matter how poorly they play the rest of the way, they get still back into the division title. Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com is our guest. Well, uh, Frank, um, let's move to the playoffs. We'll come back to some of the teams, but I want to get to your thoughts on this. Do you have any reporting on Chris Mortensen uh, last night going forward with the fact that the league is at least entertaining, expanding the playoffs, bringing in an eighth team, both the AFC and the NFC, and then doing away with the buys that the ones would have to earn if indeed you know, we, we do have more COVID troubles as opposed to maybe bringing on a, a Week 18, if you will, and it's in entirety for the canceled games they'll just add another playoff do you have any reporting on expanded playoffs frank no i think you know what chris said was you know it, it, it is what it is and people are going to overreact to it because you hear playoff expansion but i think it's just what if the season goes sideways what if what we're seeing in college football happens in the nfl and there's been some scares they need to have some contingency plans i think that's all this is i know that the nfl is always going to want more playoffs more games mean more money but I don't know. I, I just don't like it. We did it in 1982, and that was fine because it was a weird eight-game season. But I don't think we need to freak out yet. What? There hasn't been any game canceled, no forfeits, nothing like that. We still have all 256 games on the schedule, eight weeks into the season. Yeah, they have to have some contingency plans. And, and you know, the pitching the 16-team playoff, fine. That's good enough. But I don't know. I don't see the season becoming like some team playing nine games. Like, we're already pretty deep into this, and and we're doing okay. I, I, I just don't. Well, what's the point in expanding the playoffs if every team gets to you know, let's say? <laughs> you know, I think even in a worst case scenario right now, as we sit here, and maybe not worst case, but in a realistic bad case scenario, what a couple teams get the fifteen, a, a handful of teams maybe even go down to fourteen. Is that worth expanding the playoffs over? If you can't prove yourself over. You know, 14, 15 games, well, I don't feel bad for you. So I don't think this is going to happen. I really don't, just because maybe I'm being wildly optimistic here, but I just don't feel like this season is going to go as bad as we think it could in the worst-case scenario. And then there's just no reason to expand the playoffs. Frank, with that, the expansion this year for the 14 from the 12 that we've had for, what, 25 years, I believe, to uh, the, the late 90s when they moved up to six. I don't know. Maybe I'm just becoming an old man afraid of change, but I don't like it. I don't like the oh, seven I, teams I like in each it. side. Where are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. I hate it for two different reasons. A, you're you're just rewarding mediocrity. Like, I mean, yeah. it, it, by, by almost by rule, the, the team you're going to let in is going to be usually nine and seven. Sometimes ten and six, maybe. Well, that, that, uh, you know what? With more games, like I don't, I can't sit here and feel bad for you. 
you know, sometimes, yeah, an 11-5 team will get the short end of the stick, but it's almost never happens. It rarely happens for a 10-6 and six team. I just feel like win more games. That, that, it just, it, I don't, it, it's like the teams, you know, the day after Selection Sunday in the NCAA tournament complaining, oh, how do we get left out over this? Well, you know what? You probably were like 18-14. and 14. Like, I, let's just win some more games, handle your business. The NFL is, it, it, this isn't the college football playoff where you can go undefeated and not get let in. If you win enough games in the NFL, you are, will get put into the, the field. It's not subjective. This is just, what is your record? Are you one of the, are you a division champion? You are going to get a spot. So I don't see the point in getting to seven. And my second problem with it is it gives way too big of an edge to the first seed. Because now you look at the records through the years of teams that have had a bye in the first round and they're excellent in the playoffs. You, you increase your chances of making a Super Bowl in a really big way. Yeah, you know, from every logical sense you can think, I, teams get a rest. They, they only have to win two games and win the Super Bowl. Only one team is getting that edge. It is the getting the number one seed in the NFL from here on out with these this version of the playoffs is going to just tilt the tilt it in favor of the Steelers or whoever. Let's say it's the Steelers instead. You know, the two seed. Let's say the Chiefs got the two seed. The two seed then has to play a wild card weekend, has to play again the next week, and then would have to go on the road to play the Steelers in the, in the AFC Championship game. Whereas the Steelers win one home game and they're in the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. That is, is that's night and day. And I just don't like that shift. I, I think that uh, I think that it, it, it puts too much on the it's too much of an edge number one seed. So those are the two reasons. I, I just I don't know why. I, I know why they did it, but I don't I can't sit here and say I like it. Hmm. Uh let's uh, talk about the Chicago Bears, Frank. Frank Schwab, Sports dot com. Uh look at the last weekend's game notwithstanding the, the some of this stuff. I mean Foles, he just can't run. I get that he's got a Super Bowl ring. Trubisky was three and zero when he was benched. There seems to be a uh, the outcry is growing louder and louder for the Bears to go back to Mitchell Trubisky. Not saying that he's going to be any better than Foles, but he does bring them an element that Nick Foles doesn't have. Uh, do you think it's time for the Bears to look at swapping out quarterbacks? They've lost their last two games. They play the Titans, who are not playing good football. In their next game, is it Trubisky time in Chicago again? Uh, is that really the answer? I mean, that's the problem. It's just the quarterback. It's just if you don't have a good backup, who cares? Like, is anybody truly, honestly, think of Mitch Trubisky is going to be a different quarterback when he gets the job again, or you just want to change for changes' sake to complain about how the bad the offense is? The offense ain't going to change. The offense ain't going to get better. I put this in. I do on either quarterback. I, I think this guy's been exposed. I. It's crazy. This is crazy. I hate Coach of the Year. I really do. I hate the way that it's voted on. I hate the way that it's uh, everything about it because it's just not logical. Matt Nagy has as many Coach of the Year awards as Andy Reid. Mm. Think about that for a mm. little bit. It's just dumb. But I think the, the shine is off. I think Vic Fangio's defense carried him that year, and his offense is just bad. Like They can't get anything going, and at some point, you can't just sit here and say, well, uh, the quarterback stink. Well, David Montgomery didn't hit. Well, they're offensive. At some point, well, there's one guy who's kind of the common thread here, and it's the head coach, who's supposed to be an offensive genius, and you just don't see it. I you just do not see it from that offense. It's not like a change. You can do it. That's fine. It's going to appease some angry fans or columnists or whatever, but 
it ain't going to change the offense. Not gonna, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky's not going to step in there and do anything. He's not a good football player. <laughs> we NFL wise, we've we've seen that. So you know, go ahead and make the change. That's fine, but just don't expect anything to change. It's going to be the same old Bears offense all year. Frank, it's the NFL trade deadline today. Yesterday, uh, some news certainly interesting in our state. Desmond King, who was an All Pro, not a Pro Bowler. Yeah. An All-Pro two years ago was an inactive last week for the Chargers. He moves to Tennessee. What uh, what happened with Desmond King? What did you hear there? And what kind of fit is he going to be with the Titans? Yeah, I don't know uh, because he, you know, uh, if you trust the pro football focus grades, he was having a fine year, and he's a, in my mind a good player. He's one of those prototypical. He falls down in the draft because of measurables, and everybody ignores that he was a great, great college player, phenomenal. I mean, he was just a fantastic college player. Every you know, all these NFL teams look too close at the the measurables, and he falls in the fifth round of the draft. Where, oh, okay, it turns out he's just a really good football player. I think that you know, part of this is economic. So the Chargers are two and five. Doesn't seem to be a free agent next year. He's going to get a lot of money, I think, from somebody. A cornerback's always in, in a versatile guy like that. Is also a good returner, always in demand. So I think this is just a kind of a. a, a you know, just a money move for the Chargers. They, they, you decide we're deep a corner. We can't afford to resign this guy. I don't want to resign this guy. Then get what you can out of it. But I was shocked. I'm always shocked. I guess at the prices. A sister pick for Desmond King for a. Oh, a you know, I mean, you look at some of the teams out there who are in contention, and it's like you really couldn't have gone a fifth rounder for him. Really, like it might have been a good move for you. So I was surprised at the price. I guess. I still think he's a quality player. I think he's a, was a great move by the Titans who want to win this year. And, you know, are you really going to miss that six-round pick? Really? Like, I probably not. And, I, you know, if they re-sign him, I tip my cap, too, because I do think he's a pretty good player. Uh, Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports. Frank, my last thing for you regarding your power rankings that are published today uh, at Yahoo Sports. You, you kept Kansas City one, Steelers two. Uh, how difficult was that? I mean, are these teams as close as we, at least the eye says that they are? Uh, or is there some pe- separations there? Chiefs are your one, despite the fact that they've got that head-scratching loss to the Chargers. Was the Chargers the beat? The Raiders, Raiders. Raiders, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, which was one of the weirder. I mean, you know, both the Raiders have some quality wins now. It, it was tough for a while, and I thought about, you know, you beat the Ravens on the road, but the end of the day comes down to this. This is how I do my power rankings. Uh, you know, I mean, everything goes into it, but the base, if I, if I have a problem splitting hairs, I say, if team A play team B tomorrow on a neutral field, who would I pick? And I think if you ask anybody that question, they probably pick the Chiefs, unless they're Steelers fan. And so, okay, why wouldn't I have them number one? I I think that if if you're doing power rankings out there, and I don't read any other power rankings because I don't want it to influence right. my decisions. But I, just because you know, even subconsciously, I just don't want to know what everybody else is picking. But I think a lot of people probably had the Steelers number one. But yet, if I asked them that question, they would say, yeah, I'd pick the Chiefs. Well, why are you doing power rankings? We have, we have standings if you just want to go by win-loss record. That's fine. But to me, I think the Chiefs are the better team. I think most people would agree with that. I know Vegas agrees with that because they're still the Super Bowl favorites. I feel very comfortable still having the Chiefs number one. But, hey, the Steelers are great. I, get, I, I was a guy writing in August title 30-1 for them to win the Super Bowl. It's best value on the board. And Trust me, I, I know this personally. So I think that the Steelers are great. I, I just think Chiefs are still the team I'll pick to win the Super Bowl. Speaking of that, we'll get you out on this, Frank. Uh, you were you live in Colorado. It was legalized back in May for your state sports yeah. wagering. You write it about it in Yahoo. So how is your first season going and just being able to do it legally? Uh, 
I'm not going to throw you under the bus here, but doing it in a legal sense for the first time. How's it feel in Colorado? <laughs> yeah, let's let's say this is my first season ever betting. Wow, what a revelation! I've never had this before. It's unbelievable. This is like it's great. Like it's it's just fun. It's and you know being able to write about it has been awesome yeah. because I I think we've talked about this. I you know I've been covering the NFL 20 years and the uh, first you know. 10 years, I guess, I covered the league. We didn't talk about betting in media rooms. We didn't talk. Like, it was just a taboo subject. You never wrote about point spreads. You never taught. It just it never came up. So for me to sit here and basically with Yahoo be able to write about sports betting every day, they, they love the content. They, they, we, we've always kind of embraced that audience, but really now that it's legal in Tennessee, just this past week it became legal there, and obviously Colorado and New Jersey and a few other places. It's just a new world. It's kind of weird. It's still weird for me to write about. Oh, hey, the you know all the money's coming in on the uh, the Steelers for this uh, Baltimore Ravens game this week. Like it's, that is something I could never have imagined 15 years ago. It's just so fun. It's great. I love it, and I hope every state it becomes legal because why not? If if you want to put 20 bucks on a you know the the New York Giants to cover 13 points last night, why not? You should be able to do that. This is isn't this the land of the free? Come on. I, I'm with you. You know, Frank. Um... I was part of the Arapahoe Park reopening in 1992 for for like three year period. Did they get? I mean, do they have sports wagering out there? Did they devote an area of the track? Do you know? I don't know that. I haven't been out there, but I know in Blackhawk, which is you know in Colorado, right. it's legal casinos here that was kind of grandfathered in from the old West days, and people take advantage of that. There are sports books up there, and they're very nice from what I've seen, but I haven't been out there a ton because of coronavirus and whatnot, yep. but yeah, it's it's just, it's just you know, it's it's all on the, I drive, you know, drive wherever, and all on the radio, you're hearing promos for this One site, that another. site, and it's just just a total new world and god bless it because I, I love it and i think a lot of people out there do too indeed frank we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks thanks for doing this for us yep sounds good good to talk to you frank schwab yahoosports.com uh yeah he does a great job uh, covering the sports wagering and also obviously uh, the nfl here's the thing from the guy by the name of daniel popper who covers the chargers for the athletic the Chargers did not get that player, All-Pro King, the last two years. Late for meetings. He was replaced in the slot, called out the coaching staff for it. He was late again last week, and that was the final straw. Desmond King, if you remember his final regular season game uh, during the 15-0 and season against Nebraska, suspended for the first half for being late to a I team meeting. I forgot all about that, Trent. I forgot all about that. Connecting the dots here. Yeah. Look, the, the, they're getting a good player. Yes. There's... there's fans are butts dude can play yes he can and he's gonna get paid Mm -hmm. for playing too yeah uh so a bit of a malcontent in the building or whatever yes which is kind of weird you uh you asked your bears question again you want mitchell out there you need mitchell out there (laughs) he's not the answer trent there's going to be a wholesale house cleaning at hallis hall i'm convinced well it it doesn't ultimately it doesn't matter because this goes to the top and this isn't a virginia mackie thing but look at phillips he's been there for ever they need to clean house. If they're really going to clean house, it needs to start way higher up the food chain than that. Mm. From team president on down. I mean, it's it's a good old boys and ladies network there. Yeah. And it's people that have been in that job for a long time. And they haven't evolved as the rest of the NFL has evolved. And this is what you get. You can put together decent teams, but that's all that it is. And, of course, more than anything, you need a quarterback in this league. Speaking of that, uh, the Bears, it was uh, announced earlier today, their uh, tackle, Bobby Massey. Out yep. for at least a month. Yeah, geez, that's not good. So that offensive line that was already awful, 
gets even worse. Yeah, now. this was a bad week in the NFL trend. San yeah. Francisco, Kittle, of course, he's out. Garoppolo mm-hmm. is out. Both of them might be be season long. Here's why I'm rooting for for the Bears to figure it out. We more regional teams yes. in the playoffs yeah. is good for us. And then obviously I'd like to see your team do well. Vikings are out. Vikings are out. There's, even at Yeah, there's Could no they way. sneak in the back door mm. at an eight and eight? I don't nine and seven. Calvin there's too Cooks. many good teams in the West and in the South. Well, two in the South, but I just think there's too many teams for them to jump. Well, I think you just scratch the Niners off the good list or the yeah. chance list with these with these injuries. They just keep mounting up. Um, do you, so you don't like the the if indeed I agree with Frank. It's a contingency plan. Nothing more at this point. The expansion of the playoffs mm-hmm. this year only to go to eight. Uh, this year only, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I there's something about the even the fourteen. I don't like it. I just the simplicity of the top two teams yeah. get the bye, the way that it's set up, it just felt perfect. And now I get it. It's ultimately about money, as most everything is. But it just—it's what I'm used to, and maybe that's a problem too. We will come back, finish up the hour in hour number two. Former Hawkeye quarterback Chuck Hartley is going to be here. What's he seeing out of Spencer Petrus? We'll ask his uh, opinion on that. Uh, is what he's seen the first couple of games of the Hawks as well. And then our friend Zuba Mahente will go around the world of sports with Trent and I at about eleven twenty, eleven twenty-five ish. Miller and Condon with you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six point. Thank you for supporting Food of Iowa. Final couple of minutes here of uh, the first hour of the program. Hour number two, Chuck Hartley, former Hawkeye signal caller. He'll help us break down Spencer Petrus, what he's seen out of the uh, redshirt freshman Petrus thus far, and then Zuba Mahente from ESPN. Trent, there is a legitimate chance that Des Moines might be smack dab in the middle of two NBA franchises for 2020-21 season. What? The Kansas, the city of Kansas City is in hot pursuit, and some would say the favorite. I meant to tell you this a couple of days ago. Oh, for the Raptors? For the Raptors. I saw that story late last week. Mahomes was tweeting about it. Was he? I didn't see Trying to that. get them there, okay. yeah. Yeah. So, because... Can't get it. They won't Canada. let... Uh, Canada won't let anybody in. Okay, so there's one. Where would be the second one? I have no idea. Fred Van Fleet home, man. He's a Wichita State alum. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. It's, I mean, Kansas City's, uh, if they've got the, it's not the Sprint Center anymore. Oh, they renamed it's, it? Um, um, it's another, isn't it? Another telephone. Well, you know where I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the downtown arena, what it will formerly known as the Sprint Center. Now T-Mobile. T-Mobile. Center. There you go. So the T-Mobile Center, there's a big, big push. Big push to the NBA, so we'd have to the north of us the T Wolves, to the south of us, and all of a sudden takes on a little bit different field. The NBA, if we're surrounded by teams, well, let's go old school. Let Omaha have a few games right. like the old Kings. Chicago's five hours away. Yeah, Milwaukee six. Kind of has an NFL feel with the regional teams. All of a sudden, would you say that? I would. I'm still watching college basketball. Yes, oh my. Until the playoffs. Hey, uh, had a call. Somebody was uh, asking me about Rocky Lombardi this weekend. Yeah, he said he's had this game circled ever since he committed to he Michigan t- yeah, State. He said that in the press conference yesterday. But uh, somebody had asked me about his younger brother Bo, who's at Army. Okay, who was the quarterback after him at Valley, and he went there to be like an H back, tight end, fullback type of thing. So I looked at the roster. He's just a redshirt freshman this year. 
He's now an offensive lineman. He's up to 280 Jeez. pounds. Well, Rocky's a big dude in his own yes, right. Yes, he is. And um, one of the volleyball reporters in the state, Lombardi's got three sisters playing in the state tournament? They're, yeah, really good. Valley got beat so yesterday. Big family. Yes, absolutely. Really good. Their mom was a volleyball player at okay. Mankato State. Helps with the Valley program, or at least did when they first moved here. And Quite the athletic family. Boy, I'll say. Well, uh, Hawks will get a close-up look at Rocky Lombardi. He's had that one circled since he committed. Chuck Hartley will help us on the Hawks. Former Hawk QB, he joins us next. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460. Kegs and Owen, 106.3 FM.